What is up, everybody? This is Muted No More, and I am yours truly, Dan Dudziak. Welcome. Hope all of you are doing well and staying safe. I know I am. Uh, again, unprecedented territory today. Somebody else's wife let him out of the house. So here we are, uh, episode 10, and another guest in studio, if you will. Everybody give a warm welcome to Jimmy Zeiger. Just like to comment before we get in here, you are so showtime with your inter- with your intro there, dude. Love it. But yeah, thanks thanks for having me, Dan. Really appreciate it. Like you said, named Jimmy Zeiger, um, just a 24-year-old analytics major from Duval College, uh, Go Spartans, Ooh, fuck yeah. um, who somehow fell in love with hockey, even though he's got baby giraffe ankles when he tries to skate. But, you know, picking the Sabres was, when I was younger, a great idea, but as we can see in the last 24 hours, probably not the best idea to be a Sabres fan. Yeah, well, I'm not in that boat, but again, anybody that's even blind with two ears can understand that the Sabres are an absolute fucking dumpster fire. I have no room to talk, being a resident Detroit Red Wings fan, and if you haven't guessed it already, that is going to be the topic for today. Straight up, Red Wings v. Sabres. So, it's the battle of the bottom. Yeah, well, for now. We'll see what happens in years to come. now, dude. Been in the bottom for nine years. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah, well. Twenty-five years straight to the playoffs. I, I hate living in the past. I fucking hate it. I'm already starting. Yeah. Anyway, in the past, dude. Okay. So you you prefaced a little bit about your love of hockey and your love of the Buffalo Sabers. Jason Botterill. Oh my god. Just throw it right out there, right off the jump. Yeah. Well, three years was quite enough for what he was going for. I mean. If you don't know, if you're not on any type of social media, if you're just, like you said, blind with two ears, you realize now that he has been fired yesterday. And initially, I was ecstatic for it. I was really happy. I thought, hey, we're actually getting somewhere. The fans are being heard. And then right out of nowhere, immediately Kevin Adams was hired. Now, again, initial thoughts. I'm okay with it. It's something different. I'll be fine. And then the dominoes start to fall throughout the day. Now, I want to stay, I want to go back to Botterill, but I just want to go real quickly how the almost entire hockey ops in this organization is gone. I mean, scouts, the Rochester Americans, everybody has been let go. And we both have an opinion as to why. So I'll ask you that right before I go into it. Why do you think they were let go? You got to start at the bottom as far. I mean, if you nine straight years not having a postseason appearance with, in my opinion, again, being a Red Wings guy, but being a hockey guy as well, um, you got the pieces. You have the right core. So where where was the discrepancy, I guess, is the, the kicker. Again, you start start at the bottom, and not to say that the Amricks are the bottom, quote unquote. Uh, ever doing well too. Exactly. You got the young talent, and I also think part of their problem was they were bringing up kids, trying splicing things up in Buffalo entirely too soon. And I will elaborate on that a little bit more later. But you start at the bottom, you work your way to the top. You'll you'll be surprised about the reverse domino effect it'll have. That's for certain. But then you got to think of, like, all the scouts have just been let go. Who's running the draft right now? I mean, you put Kevin Adams as GM, and his, and his first act as GM is he has to call half of the hockey ops team and just let them all go. They they called him and said, hey, would you be interested in this position? You would think, right? Right. We're, we're thinking about hiring you. How do you feel about it? He very If that was a even the slightest bit of a factor in his brain, he 100% would have said, you know what? Nah. Granted, <clears throat> with the way the Pagulas have been kind of operating things lately, they could have made zero mention to this as well. So I'm kind of playing devil's advocate to my own self, but they could have made zero mention of it and then said, oh, hey, new GM. Hi, by the way, you need to fire six people. I don't I, I don't think those they're those type of people. But again, with the direction the team has been going, you don't necessarily know for certain. I mean, you're bringing in a GM who has no experience in this area, which is not a new thing to them. And, I mean, 
23 people let go, he has to fill all of those. And granted, the Sabres aren't going to be playing hockey for nine months, and at least until January with everything going on. But still, you need to find a whole new team, not only in Buffalo, but also in Rochester. All of your scouts are gone. All of your development team is almost gone. I mean, and then you go to the interview with Terry Pagula yesterday, and he says he doesn't want a president of hockey operations, anyone above Kevin Adams. So he's he's their top guy. But then you start looking, why was he the one chosen? Why did they not at least go and interview candidates? I mean, they said, no, it was completely in-house. We didn't interview anybody for it. And then you realize that three weeks ago, Kim Pagula comes out and says, hey, we're really proud of what Jason is doing. We know more than the fans. Impo- so impossible. We're, we're here saying that Jason Botterill is our guy, and three weeks later he's gone. And is it because they say, hey, we need to get rid of some people, and, he, and Botterill didn't want to do it, so he got canned too? Did they want to keep Botterill on and then have him fire all his staff to start over, and he said no, so he got canned too? I mean – Right now, Kevin Adams looks like the yes man who just said, I will do what you want me to do. If you want me to fire everybody, I'll do that. And now here we are. I also think, so back to that Kim and Terry interview, Terry was Terry was quoted, and again, direct quote, he said, we felt like we needed to be heard. Well, maybe because of the thousands upon thousands of fucking death threats he received on any form of social media at any point in time, over the last, I don't know, we'll say nine fucking years of the Sabres, you know, as a franchise. No, but he felt as though that they needed to be heard. Okay, that's all fine and well. And I am completely 100% in agreement with Jimmy as far as maybe a in-house promotion, because virtually that's all it fucking was, was the wrong choice. You look at a lot of other teams, a lot of other successful teams they go out and they interview candidates again you you revert back to me being a red wings guy they go out and they get steve eiserman yeah what a fucking lucky move that is but they interviewed him and i i know he has the the detroit state of mind so to speak but if he was perfectly content where he was in tampa bay guess what he 100 could have stayed there um i feel as though the in-house promotion of kevin adams and the firing of everyone and their brother, including maintenance men for the arena, f- from what it seems. Um, I feel as though that could have been a financial move more than anything else. I think you're right. I mean, they come out and say numerous times, it's not a money move, it's not a money move. But how can, hey, how can you believe anything other than that? Oh, you can't. First of all, you can't even believe anything that they say. Like I said, three weeks ago, Jason Botterill is the guy. They come out and they're hooting and hollering that – we know more, yada, 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 and then boom, he's gone. You can't believe anything that they're saying anymore. So if they come out and say, hey, it's not a money move, and then they fire everybody because they know that they're going to come back, this new team is going to come back at a cheaper price, how, how are you telling me it's not a money move? Right. That's, all, that's all it is. 100%. So I'm going to give you a, a timeout here for a minute. Thanks. I need one. <laughs> um, so about me. Again, big, big, huge Red Wings guy for as long as I absolutely can remember. Um, Why did you choose them in the first place? I think it was the winged wheel when I was like a four-year-old. I thought it was super cool. Um, No, I I honestly, I don't know. I was drawn to them. I was drawn to their style of hockey when I was younger, and I was able to understand the name of the game. Uh, You know, if you look back, mid-90s, early 2000s Red Wings, they were the perfect combination of speed, physicality, goal scoring, and goaltending for goddamn sure with Hashik and Osgood and Cujo and everybody else. Um, I don't know. And the funny part about it is like, if you like right now held a gun to my head and said, who do you want to win the Stanley cup next year? And it cannot be Detroit. I'm going to say Buffalo because they deserve it. More importantly, the city and us as fans deserve it. Again, listen to the last nine minutes of what we just talked about. It's just the constant trials and tribulations with this team. Um, But again, as far as I go, I like the history of Detroit, you know, Buffalo being in comparison, a newer franchise. Again, that is what it is, but Detroit, they're an original six team, you know, again, founded in 26. They were the Detroit Cougars. They were the Detroit Falcons and then the Red Wings. I don't know how many people really even know that. 
Um, the, the Joe Lewis Arena was where they used to play, and that 100% was the best sporting venue I have ever been at in my entire life. Do you know how many times you've been there? Four. Give or take? Yeah. Four. And I was there. Detroit played Washington when Washington was right on the cusp of winning the Stanley Cup. Um, the last home game ever played in the Joe Louis Arena was uh, Detroit versus Washington, and Detroit beat them in a shootout. And I cried like a two-year-old little schoolgirl as they kind of like saluted all of us in the crowd. It was absolutely unbelievable. And again, it was old school, kind of very comparable to the odd. I, you know, I had personally never been to the odd, Me neither. but from what I understand, and maybe people that have been that listen to this can confirm that the seating was very steep. It was very like falling over on the top level. Yes. And that's exactly how the, the Joe was it, you know, Am I a little pissed off that they go from the Joe Lewis Arena to Little Caesars fucking yeah, arena? Yeah, get some pizza. Let's oh, go. <laughs> God. Every city block, there's a Little Caesars fucking pizza place, but oh, it geez. is what it is. I don't know. So it's kind of staying on that Detroit topic so I don't get ramped up again and start drinking. <laughs> um, about Stevie Y coming over from Tampa Bay. Do you see him being kind of like the savior to bring you guys back? I mean, you're only in a four-year playoff drought, so I want to just slap you across the face for that, thinking that that's long. But do you think that he has it in him to not only do, obviously, what he did in Tampa Bay to bring to Detroit? I think he absolutely has it in him. Again, as I said earlier, he has the Detroit state of mind. Again, I call it that. Um, He's been there during their just – fucking dynasty years. He knew what it took then. He, he has been a student of the game ever since he stepped away from the game. Um, I definitely think he has what it takes. Um, do I think it, yeah, it's only been four years, but I think man, if I was a betting man, it's going to take a while because if we're comparing straight up apples to oranges, Buffalo to Detroit, I think Buffalo, regardless of their front office nonsense that's going on, I think that they're in a better position than Detroit is because Detroit has, if you were to ask me who to save, I would name probably three, four, five players, and that's it. Everybody else can go. And I wish Detroit would do what Buffalo did with their coaching staff because I fucking cannot stand Jeff Blaschel. I don't like Jeff. Uh, Why not? Because some people just can't hack it in the NHL. You know, you, you had unbelievable success in Grand Rapids. Why would you ever think, I don't, again, maybe the success was talking to him. I don't know. But you need a goalie because you signed Jimmy Howard, who is now 36 years old. Uh, still got Bernier on there for one more year. Fuck him, too. <laughs> you, you, Jared Coro is your starter in Grand Rapids, and he was never, ever given a fair crack. If you would have kept Peter Morazic, I think my whole tune right now would be different. One, you know, your goaltender can make or break a handful of games throughout the course of the year, right? I mean, at least your goaltender doesn't have an eyesight problem, has to go to a doctor. Did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> nope, no, Detroit. We're staying on Detroit. I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna do that's not what we're doing. All right. So also, as I was looking, your defense is a little rough too. I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. I I mean I'm not seeing anyone who jumps off the page on defense. Um, I would be okay with, again, 99% of them going on me, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, Nemeth, Nemeth can stay. Uh, you just went out a couple of years ago and got Madison Bowie. I didn't see him, yeah. He's a third, yeah, he's a second, third liner. I can't even, I can't even really say that he's worth anybody's time. You know, you got to. I don't know what it is. They're 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 ramping up on offense, you know, as far as their drafts are concerned. You know, they they pick up a defenseman with their second or third pick in the draft, and he never amounts to anything. And they're picking up all these kids. And it's similar to what I said about Buffalo. They're bringing up these kids from Grand Rapids that are sure as shit not ready to be up there. They're, they're getting hurt. They're this, they're that. Like I said, I – they got to draft better as far as that goes, which is very surprising to me because 90% of the scouting and draft team they have was there when they drafted Datsuk and Zetterberg. And those two respectively were a sixth and seventh round pick. So you're telling me you want a new draft 
uh, a people, a group of people who run that draft because you know there's a lot of them from Buffalo. Who, no, I don't. If right. you want to, t- <laughs> just you want to take any of them, keep it the way it is. All right, that's fine. I just, I just thought I'd uh, make the offer to you. No. I didn't know how you were feeling. No, like I said, I they have a lot of work to do. I think Stevie Y could bring them to the promised land, but unfortunately, it's going to take way, way more than a measly four years uh, without the playoffs. Um, I wanted to kind of vert into the wings versus sabers. So I have a couple tidbits of information that Jimmy and I'll weigh in on. And the first one, buckle up Buffalo Sabres fans. I don't mean this as a a low blow, but, but 2007. Oh, great. Here we go. Great year. That was for Buffalo. Also a great year for Detroit. Mm. So the Red Wings, in 2007, were still in the Western Conference. Uh, They finished first overall in the conference and tied with Buffalo. However, Buffalo had more regulation wins, and by more, I mean two, which gave gave them the President's Trophy. Woo! (sighs) Breaks my heart a little bit. I I wish Detroit would have been in the basement as opposed to being that close. But it is what it is. Yeah, and just so you know, we didn't win anything that year, and that was the last time we were actually really good. So thanks and for thanks for bringing that up. Just you're welcome, everybody. Make it make me even more mad as we go around here. Did you know yeah. that as of last year, all time Buffalo and Detroit sixty six and sixty six. Really? Yep, I did not know that. And thirteen ties hmm. from way back in the day when shootouts and all that other bullshit didn't happen. Sixty six, sixty six, and sixty six. Yeah. I think based on the inception of both franchises, a, com- a legitimate comparison is not possible, truthfully. No. Because, again, you look at Detroit, they were successful well before, you know, Buffalo even became uh, a franchise. And, again, with the directions they're headed now, I would give the advantage to Buffalo, straight up, because – I don't know how you even think about doing that. Because Detroit has Larkin and my man Philip Zadina. Love you. You know, you let go of Anthony Siu, and he is just licking his chops in Edmonton. I'm going to tell you, dude, he had the green jacket won by, like, <sighs> January, though. That minus that he kept, that plus minus. I know you can't really go off of a stat of plus minus, but yikes. I mean – if you want to know someone else who led the plus minus battle back last year, my boy <laughs> Rasmus Ristolainen, who for some reason is still on this team, let him go. Uh, despite numerous trade offers, at, that all the and uh, general manager said no on. We're just going to say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I'm not mad. I'm fine. I'm not. I'm not angry whatsoever. But we're getting there, ladies and gentlemen. I, <laughs> It's just slowly we're, building. We're rocking the boat. Slowly building as we're going on. We're here. taking on water. I so just, my question to you, and this is kind of cut and dry, uh, am I incorrect in saying Buffalo has to help Jack Eichel, or he's gone? I think that you have one, maybe two more years before that happens. I mean, he comes out for the last five years and says that he's unhappy in the direction he all he does in his past on his past teams is win in some sort of fashion whether it be at BU or whether it be for the national team or whatever he's always winning in some sort of way and he comes to Buffalo five years in and he hasn't made the playoffs I mean if you're if you're a winner with someone that has that competitiveness and all you do is lose who are you going to look at I mean, you look at the guys around you, and he's with him being the captain now. He's not going to call out his team, but it's it's you need more. You need to give him help at this point. You need to give him like top six wingers or top six. You need a second line center. Oh, we had one, but thanks for that, Botterill. We'll get to you in a second. <laughs> but that's you need to give him help, or he will be gone. I I truly believe that by next year, if they don't make any strides towards being a better team, he will be gone. He's going to ask for a trade at the end of the year. Maybe he needs to to call a, a team meeting to keep it very light, more of a, a fuck you, fuck you, you need to pick it up kind of dictatorship, if you will. 
I wouldn't doubt that he has at some point. Obviously, we're not going to find out about that. Right. But I think, obviously, with him being the captain, I think he is starting to push guys more. But at such a young age at that, you know, he has, you know, hopefully for the sake of the game, again, him being one of the most dynamic players in the NHL, and then for Buffalo Sabres fans in general, I hope he plays for another 20 fucking years next Gordie Howe because, again, him the him McDavid's and Austin Matthews of the world is going to make hockey a very fun thing to watch. And I really, for everybody's sake, hope that Eichel's wearing the the blue and gold in whatever fucking capacity that is. <laughs> Part of me thought you were going to say red and white. I was going to freak out. There, there's no way. I'm, I know. I'm just saying it freaked me out. That would be so far fetched. And I'm in. The, and I'm in the same boat. Again, Detroit has to help Dylan Larkin, or he's gone because he too has started to pipe up a little bit now that they've recently given him the C as well. I mean, he's got three years left at, what, $6.1 million? Yep. I mean, do you think he ever gets traded? Not well, to throw that on you right now, but... I didn't. I honestly didn't think that Andreas Antonucciu was going to get traded. Again, I remember sitting round table with you and a bunch of the other boys in the group, our friend group, and one person specifically, the one and only Justin Butts. Go uh, fuck yourself, bud. Geez, he thinks that Eichel's going to the Rangers. Yeah, good luck. Um, Justin was... He would push all the time about Anthony Sioux getting traded in to whomever. But I was like, nope, nope, nope. And then every time I said nope, they would bump him up to the second line or they would put him on the first line. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like they're they're seeing what I see in this kid. They want he can't stop on fucking skates, but he can score goals. He'll he'll get a lot of loose pucks, he'll fucking throw his body around. I get it. It's cool. But I didn't think he was gonna get traded. I think if the the next three years stay the way they've stayed even remotely these last couple of years, uh, I think Larkin goes. Yeah. 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 All He's right. going to want to go to a contender. That's, right. that's what it boils down to. I mean, I feel Eichel's that same way. I mean, they're both on those deals where if they don't have success with their team when they come to being a UFA – why Why should they even entertain the fact of talking to their current club if they're not doing anything to help them? Correct. Like like you said, you got your boy, Zadina, and I'll let you talk about him, him a little bit if you want. Fucking love him. But besides that, I don't know the Detroit system. Like, what's their depth looking like? Do they have people that are coming up, or do they need to address it through, like, trades and maybe free agency? Detroit for the longest time, and I'm talking strictly – Centers and wingers. So we're talking goal scorers, forwards, whatever terminology you'd like to use. They are very deep as far as that goes. As far as defense and goaltenders are concerned, I rattled off three goaltenders earlier in Jimmy Howard. Go fuck yourself. Jonathan Bernier, just retire already. And Jared Coro, who I don't know too much about. I've seen him play against Buffalo up here in Buffalo once. One time. Got the start. How'd they go? Uh, well, yeah. they gave up six. It yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, I mean, hey. So we're, they, we're a fantastic team. You know, we just all we do is put in goals. We have, like, four lines that all go all at once. And, bull, you know. Bullshit. Sorry. Jack, just trying to stay happy right now. No, I'm just trying to do just it. Just give it up. It's, I'm lying to myself. but They're Detroit's forwards 100% I'm okay with. They draft stupid well. Again, as you made reference to Philip Zadina, who they played, in my opinion, fucking perfectly. The first they, year... They did really well with him. The first year he was in the system, they kept him downstairs in Grand Rapids for, I think, 70 out of 82 games. Yeah, it was 99% of the year. So, last year, they are shitting the bed, and I think that's, well, even this year, if you want to call it last year, this year, whatever, just in the basement, hanging on a couch by themselves. No team is even comparable to how bad fucking Detroit was this past year. Um, they called Zadina up for 90% of the year because they saw the direction that... The, I remember you were really excited. Yeah, because they made him a full-timer. As long as he did what the fuck he was supposed to do, they made him a full-timer, and I was super stoked about it because the kid, he's a big kid. You know, he's quick for being as big as he is. He's His hands are disgusting, 
and he's just got a knack for the game. And if Detroit can muster up the first pick in the draft and, and get Lafreniere. No. I mean, you got a chance. I mean, don't you, forget that, that that playoff scenario that the teams in the qualifying round will be eligible for the lottery for some godforsaken reason. but Which makes zero sense to me. just is so fucking stupid. I just I, – Off-roading here. Why, yeah, why doesn't the NHL do what the NFL does? as far as the draft is concerned? Because they don't want you to get better. They want you to just have it be luck, and they don't want to say, oh, we want to stop you from tanking. It's just like, okay, if this team is taking their entire year and saying, we need to get better, okay, we're going to be in the basement. We don't have good players. We had to trade them away. Let's just – I mean, if you don't have good players, you don't have good players. I mean, if – Sure, if you want to bring up your entire AHL team and sit your NHL guys, fine. You can have a problem with that. But if you just don't have good players and you are just losing and you're at the bottom, why shouldn't you be awarded that first pick? How do you get better? You draft young, good players at the the top, that first-round pick for Lafaniere. Whoever gets him is going to make a jump next year because this kid is sick. But – why do you only get a percentage chance to win the lottery? To me, it doesn't make sense. I've never understood why. Me neither. Just you finish at the bottom, okay, you get the first pick. You're looking at, you know, you look at the NFL, how many years in a row was the Cleveland Browns Sheesh. in the top five for unless they traded it away or what have you? Years and years they were in the top five. I just don't understand. And disclaimer, I would be saying the same fucking thing if Detroit was sitting first overall in your playoff tournament that was about to ensue here directly. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. 100%. Okay. I, I haven't agreed with this for a long time. Even when Buffalo w- was in the mix and they ended up getting Eichel, they got, yeah. they got snubbed. Uh-huh. And everyone that has a brain in their skull knows that they got snubbed. But, I mean, you don't think Edmonton should get the first pick like three times out of four years? In, five years, whatever it was. Who, who'd they take? This. McDavid? Yeah, McJesus, dude. That, hey, your boy is playing with now. Good old Andreas playing with him out there. Yeah. Have fun out there, buddy. I love you and I miss you. <laughs> he's never coming back. No, he's not. <laughs> Anthony Manta is going to go here directly, too. Another... Hey, dude. I, dude, you got to think. I just checked up. Like, he's only 25. Manta? Yeah. Like, I didn't, I thought he was in like his 30s. No. Like, what he play? 43 games this year, put up 38 points. I think he's starting to turn a corner. I think that he is starting to be a scorer for you guys. I mean, is he playing? I haven't checked the lines. Is he playing regularly with Larkin or is he more on a second line? He's more on a second line okay. because they've been using Larkin as a center and Manta as a center. Um, they're trying to transition Manta into that, which I don't have a problem with because that's one thing that I left out earlier that they need bonafide centers, not these hybrids that they're trying to turn into centers. Um, Been looking for that since we traded away O'Reilly. Right. And, and Manta, again, Detroit has their knack for their big, tough, physical, speedy kids. Again, the kid's a monster. It's six four five six, five two thirty four, and Jeez, he's quick. Boy. He's quick, big boy. And again, hands of just silk. If you watch any of you know his playmaking or goal scoring, just again a knack to be in the right place at the right time, and on a team that one hundred percent he shouldn't try for. I don't blame him in the least if he were to just say, "I'm out of here." I want to trade. So again, with that being said, Anthony Manta, you don't know who I am. And I've never met you before, but that's okay. My name is Dan Dudziak. I'm from Buffalo, New York, but I'm a diehard Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, don't go anywhere, my dude. We need you. We we love you. Uh, stick it out. You know, Stevie Y at the helm, you know, he'll bring us back to where we need to be. I don't know when that's going to be, but don't uh, don't lose your touch, my man. Just don't do it. Trust the process, as they say here uh, in Buffalo. Us resident Bills fans. That's yes. weird for me to say now, but again, it is what it is. Yeah, you've made the change, man. You 
You're full on. You're not going back to the Dolphins. I'm no, sorry. definitely not. And I won't be going to the Sabres. That's one one tattoo I will not be getting. Are you sure? Yeah. Although a goat head tattoo would be pretty fucking dope. We should bring those back. But that's one. I mean, Pagula's I'm, fucked up on that too. All right, all right. No, we're back. We're back to we're okay. Back to hockey talk. So again, me being a a diehard Red Wings dude, you being a diehard Sabres guy, I know in my head there were a litany of players growing up that drew me to like Detroit as much as I did and do. Uh, my question, I guess, is who – was that the case for you? And if so, who were those players? I would say I, – I think I have two. Um, like we said, you were bringing up 2007, that time before. It's got to be Danny Breer. He was my guy for however long that – he was. it was, what, like three years, I think, that he was here. but. Yeah. He was one of the first jerseys that I owned. He was the guy who, whether it be watching a game at home, playing hockey in the street, going to a Sabres game, I had his jersey on. And it was the wonderful slug jersey no of Danny Barrere. But he he just he was the first player that I just looked up and I was just like, you know what? Every time I'm playing hockey in the driveway, I'm going to be on his line, you know, just <laughs> how we all did, you know, yeah. growing up. He was that guy for me. And – he started me loving the Sabres, just watching him put up 30 goals or however many points that he had. And I was absolutely crushed to see the Sabres not bring him or Drury back after everything that we were all, we went through for 05, 06, 06, 07. It just, it honestly broke my heart. But at that time, I mean, being that young, you look for someone else to kind of take that over. And my other guy, I mean, Thomas Vanek had to fill that for me. Like he, I just loved him for sure. Like got his jersey soon after too. Like, do you have his Red Wings jersey? I do not have his Red Wings jersey. <laughs> He's been everywhere since the after leaving the Sabers. Yes, but dude, he was he was fantastic. He would put in goals from anywhere. He would, dude had the sickest hands. He brought back the around the world shootout move, dude, on Dominic Hasek too yeah. when he was on the Red Wings. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, kind of, kind of weird how that works, but no, I would definitely have to say Briere Vanek were definitely my guys. Kind of growing up, that I was focusing on them. Whenever they're on the ice, you go to a game, you're like, "Where's my guy? I'm watching him." No doubt. Yeah. So, I guess I agree with those 100. Um, my follow up is Lawrence Pilot doesn't make that list. You're a perhaps. fucking asshole, dude. <laughs> Jesus, you know I thought. We were going to get through this without you kind of bringing that up. But you thought wrong. I know. Yeah, well, if you, if you don't know, Lawrence Pilot's now in the KHL. And that's that's all awesome. And because you, you had Bogosian on the team for way longer than you thought he was going to be on there. And, you know, oh, hey, Rasmus Ristolainen, he's, he's still on the team. I mean, analytics don't, don't think that he shouldn't be here at all. No, 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 no. They're just they, – they think they should have this strong guy who – just doesn't seem to know what he's doing in the defensive zone, but he likes to carry the puck, but he doesn't know how to pass out of the zone. You know, it's 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 fantastic when you have a team that has carrying eight defensemen and you don't want to have Pilot as one of them because, I mean, two years ago when Pilot comes up, he looks almost like he's NHL ready. He comes over from the SHL, which is a very capable league, and you put him in the minors. Now, one year, totally understand. You want him to get accustomed to the North American style of play. I totally understand. Why was he not here the start of last season? Why do you have, why do you put him in the minors? Why, when he's an AHL all-star both years, why is he not here right now? Why is Zach Bogosian and his broken ankles, knees, <laughs> hips, back, forehead, whatever, why is he on the team? And why is he playing over him? I mean, I, I, I can't even understand it. To the point of why he was in the lineup. Okay, great. He's Jack Eichel's friend. That's awesome. I and I I love that you have friends who are still on the team. That's fantastic. But we're trying to win here. Okay. And going to a Colorado game, watching Bogosian get walked by Nate McKinnon four times in a second is just you, you should not be on the ice if you're not that in that way and able capable to be able to defend someone like that like pilot in my opinion is your prototypical where the nhl is moving towards i think that the defensive style is less let's just go beat the crap out of them in front of the net 
let's be heavy, let's take booming slap shots, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that's what it is now. No, it's not. The game is so fast. I mean, look at fucking Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. If you go to a Toronto game, they're moving all over the ice. Like I said, Nate McKinnon, that dude is so fucking fast that if you're not fast too as a defenseman, he's going to blow right by you. Yeah. And you you look with, with our defensive depth last year, most of the guys should not have been in over Pilot. So Pilot had, had the right idea to leave to the KHL, but why, and I, I will say this until I'm blue in the face, was Zach Bogosian here for as long as he was? I mean, am I wrong in saying that? Do they, you, what do you think about, like, the prototypical defenseman? Do you think it's this quick-moving guy, or do you think it's who, I mean, this quick-moving guy who can make that first pass out of his own? Do you think it's that, or do you think it's part of that guy who just moves people out of the net? I think the game is ever-changing, and in the ever-changing ways, it's become the transition game. It's become more speedy defensemen. And again, just as an example and something that I know for fact, being a resident Detroit Red Wings fan, I know how it was when they had the likes of Jonathan Erickson and Nicholas Cronwall, there's a name for you, on the same line. There was nothing, fucking nothing speedy about that defensive pairing. And they moved everybody out of the way. I would love to see, you know, Matthews, Marner, Eichel, all these quick McKinnon, quick Quick kids, you know, try and blow past one of them because I'll tell you what: if Cronwall can catch him, the kid's fucked. You know what I mean? So, the, I don't think that's the name of the game anymore. Again, Detroit has bum ass defensemen. There, there's no getting around that. But I, I'll tell you what: they're all way smaller and and they're all way faster. Um, you know, again, it's kind of an ever changing game. It's become a a hybrid game, so to speak. Again, like the NFL, there's no more gunslingers or anything like that. It's all, um your kind of hybrid quarterback, so to speak. Um, reverting back to Bogosian. Dude, it, it, dude it, just did they, talking about him makes my blood boil. Did they just did they keep him around to justify his fucking monster contract? I don't even know. Like he he can't he should not be on the ice. Like and he was here for a long time. Like obviously he eventually was let go and didn't report to Rochester, so he got picked up by Tampa. Which was a pussy-ass move, by the way. Dude, it's just like, fucking... Just get rid of him. Yeah. Send him... You should, he should not have been here at the start of the season. And then, when he came back, he should not have been here after that. He just shouldn't have been on the roster. I mean, Lawrence Pilot, it's easy to see, should have been in there for him. And I don't know why he was there, and that led to Pilot leaving. And this has pissed me off to the point where I got listen, to, listen to this. Oh. I have to drink now because <laughs> I'm pissed off. Jeez. All right. Well, let him take his sippy. Uh, so with back to the Sabres, just in general, um, I made a list kind of, so to speak. All right, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. If I'm pissed off and you're not, I'm going to piss you off. This okay? should be good. So let's talk about. Just former Detroit legend Johan Franzen. How about that one? Do you want to talk about that? Because, like, I'm pissed. You pissed me off. He's – oh, man. Uh, well, he is Detroit's Zach Bogosian. <laughs> that is the – his hurt knees, his hurt ankles, his hurt back, his hurt head. Because last time I checked, he was wheelchair-bound and, you know – didn't know his own name from as many concussions and broken fucking necks he's had. But the, the thing that pisses me off about him is prior to him becoming a vegetable, he, he was a serviceable second or third line left winger, like big guy again, six, five, six, six, no problem with silky mitts. Again, you're going to blow right past him. He would have not 100% not been able to hang in today's game, but Man, for years, for, for the dynasty years, he was 100% serviceable. And then again, same thing, couldn't stay healthy. And when he was healthy, he was just an absolute fucking liability to anyone and everyone he was playing around. How about the fact that they've paid him $12 million, <laughs> 12, $12 million since 2016. And granted, this, like, 
it's tough to say this current year, whatever you want to say is the last year they'll be paying him, And then he'll be gone into the fucking sunset with his neck brace and helmet. I just, oh my. Uh, hold how on. How oh, oh, okay. Oh, it's your turn too. Oh, Ooh. Hey, I was successful in that. God. One more follow-up question on that. Like how many games has he played since 2016? Not a one. Not one? No. You paid him $12 million? Since 2016. Dude, that's almost like all of the GMs that are on our book right now. Well, here's a question. Which do you prefer? You fork over $12 million for the last four years for somebody that's never played a game, or you pay Bogosian. If I had to wager a guess, a comparable amount of money without knowing exact statistics for whatever it is that Bogosian has done since 2016. You mean stay on long-term IR? Yeah, well, so uh, where, where's the difference here is what I'm asking. I, all I said is I was mad, I wasn't going to drink, and now I'm drinking, so I had to get you there too. And I knew that Johan Franzen would do it. God, I hate okay. that motherfucker. I knew that that would do it. Oh. Hey, at least he had a cool nickname, the Mule. That's about what I got for you. And he's, he's got moving it. as fast as one on the ice. No doubt. Um, okay, side note or next point, so we don't fucking get shit faced while we're doing this. Um, I created a list of untradeables for the Buffalo Sabers. Again. I would do it for the Red Wings, but there's literally three of them: Larkin, Mantha, Zadina. Boom, done. Yeah, over with. Really need. Yeah, get no, rid of. No Jimmy Howard. Do you want to keep him? Nah, fuck yeah. him too, yeah. man. Okay. He's an American bred fucking. You know, back in the day, he was decent, but he needs to go. Untouchables for Buffalo. I went Eichel for your obvious reasons. You do what you need to do to keep him around. Sam Reinhart. I think he is the perfect complement to Jack Eichel. As long as they both can stay on the same page, if Reinhardt can stay healthy, because I know the last couple of years he's kind of had some health issues. Victor Olofsson was another one. That's a, a terrible trio, if you ask me, whether it's you know full strength or on the power play. I, I think that is your bona fide first line, no questions asked. Some people will probably bitch and moan about Jeff Skinner, but he's on uh, his his clock is ticking, unfortunately. And I think this past year with them moving him around and him not acclimating to the line moves, whether it was right, wrong, or indifferent, good players acclimate to their players that are playing around them and just their surroundings in general, and I don't think that Skinner did that whatsoever. It's scary to think that we have him for seven more years at $9 million. He's 28 years old, and it looks like, looks like I'm not going to jump to conclusions because it was one year, that he can't play without Jack Eichel. Now... I don't think that, but Olofsson up there with his shot is just absolutely ridiculous. Correct. Which I is calling Olofsson, dude. It's it's crazy. And then Reinhardt for facilitating. That's sure. that's nasty. That's an, a nasty trio. Next up, so that was three. Number four, I have Darlene. Oh, it's just non-negotiable. Again, to give him as much money as he absolutely wants. Yep, but also with that, you lump him into the same category as Jack Eichel. You need to do what whatever it takes to keep them again in Buffalo, because at the end of the day, frustration sets in, people start freaking the fuck out and then they want out. Then I would be willing to bet a considerable amount of money that Darlene would, uh, he would be some, some big bait for a, a lot of big contending teams. Dude, the offer sheets. I'm just thinking about it. If you don't lock them up before, that time they're just they're gonna come in anyway because yep. he's this generational guy i think he's gonna be even better than victor Hedman. now you also got to realize that defensemen in the league take a little bit longer because it's a harder position than forward you gotta not only be able to read the defense and read the guys coming at you and play in your own zone but at the same time if you want to be labeled as one of these generational franchise defensemen you also got to put points on the board Yep. And he's already doing that. I mean, he's fourth on the Sabres in points right now, if I if I believe so. Yeah, with I mean, he went four goals, 36 assists for 40 points. I mean, that's in his second year. Yep. And you gotta think, like last year he put up decent numbers too. He probably would obviously he'd probably get more points there. They I mean the Sabres just missed his bonus too. That would have put them even more over cap. 
which is a, a blessing in disguise. Again, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna. I don't feel like going into that right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I already have to be on blood pressure medication after this episode. So. <laughs> so number five on my list is Yoki Haru. Oh, sick! I will say, bottle. That is a sick trade on your part for that one. It just you don't hear shit out of him. He, he's a locker room guy. He's a team oriented guy. Kid is quick. I will say 20 years old. He is just, he's a machine and I 100% and stoked to say the very least to, to watch him play for, for years and years to come. And for every Sabres fan's sake, Jimmy, yours included, I hope he's fucking here because he, again, he's going to be a treat to watch and he's definitely going to bring success. And lastly, uh, cousins, keep him around for youth, keep him around because again, you, you're not going to build around Wayne Simmons. You're not going to build around, uh, dare I say, your middle stats. You know, if you're comparing Cousins and middle stat, I think that's apples to oranges. Middle stat got rushed up to the NHL, you know, in a pinch. And I I think it fucked him up a little bit, to be perfectly honest oh, with you. Sure, dude. Even when he went down to the AHL, it took him like 15 games to get moving because he had no confidence anymore. I mean – it's not the first time. Like, look at what they did with Tage Thompson, too. Like, they brought him in. He need, Botterill tried to save face for that horrendous trade that he made. Now, going on a sidebar off of that, yeah, maybe he was rushed into it by ownership saying, we don't want O'Reilly here anymore. I mean, you listen to some comments from Doug Armstrong. Um, G, Doug, Doug Armstrong, GM of the, of the Blues, he even says, like, they called him last minute to get a deal done. So, you understand why that move had to be made, but at the same time, you shouldn't be trying to save face by plugging in Tage Thompson, who's not ready for the NHL, in that in that constant spot. I mean, it took them last, what, two years ago, it took them almost to the end of the season to send him down to the AHL for the first time, and they kind of did the same thing with Middlestad. Yeah. They started him up here. They, they kept him up way too long. He wasn't ready, and they're trying to force him into this second-line center role that, I mean, he was playing – what, two, three years ago, he was playing Minnesota high school hockey. Like Yeah, youth definitely isn't his in his favor. Right. That's you, for certain. You can't just you can't just rush him up because, oh, we need a center. And well, Patrick Berglund just decided to retire. So he's <laughs> we need Middlestat to fill that role. Like, right. no, you need to go, you needed to go make a trade for a second line center, get rid of oh, Rasmus Ristolainen when his value was high to go and find someone to help your team. Right. But instead you tried to take these placeholders. I mean, look at Marcus Johansson. He was the same thing. They brought him in and they said, Hey, can you play center? It's like, that's not how that's supposed to go. No, it's not at all. And that was why, Oh, why is Saboka playing on the second line? He was statistically the worst forward in the NHL the year before, but no, let's play him with Johansson and, and Skinner. That'll work. Like, what are these decisions? And I know some of that comes down to the coach, but, like, why is why are you giving this coach those players? And I know that's – we've I've kind of rambled off topic when we're talking about Cousins right now, and I'll kind of bring it back to that. Cousins, I think, has a bright future. Now, he's never played a game in the NHL yet. And I think that they're going to give him a fair shot next year to try and make the club. I agree. And I think he's going to have an immediate impact. Oh, I think he'll make the team next year. But the problem is, is who do we have as that person ahead of him to say, you don't need to take this second line. You can take this third line where you get not the toughest matchups on the ice where we can ease you into it. And I really do hope that, and this is more to Kevin Adams, that you see if he's not ready, you pull the plug immediately and say, you're going to go down to the AHL, you're going to build, you're going to become a better forward. Because that's something that Botterill did not do. Tage Thompson, his confidence at the end of the year was horrendous. Yep. He was not doing anything. Same thing with Casey Middlestat last, last year. He just wasn't, he wasn't even on the same level as some of the other teams. So if... I just want to make sure that Cousins doesn't go through that same thing and we just continue to ruin this prospect pool that is ultra thin, by the way. I mean, you're not a Buffalo fan, but I can't even really name you the next def- like offensive player in our system that I'm excited about besides Cousins. I'll tell you what, I'm super stoked to see Tage Thompson as long as they – 
handle him and I use this word lightly, but like caress him as far as making sure that he's ready to go, making sure that he's 100% confident, 100% healthy, and he knows the system upstairs. And the reason I say that is because, yes, when he was up in the NHL, he had a game or two or three where he would score a goal, he'd facilitate and, and have two assists. Otherwise, he was getting beaten off the puck. He was getting pushed around like a, a fourth grader and in turn lost an ass load of confidence. Give him two weeks back in the AHL, get his wits about him again, so to speak, and then he started fucking torching the AHL. So as long as they kind of handle him the right way, I think he he and Cousins are are definitely your top two as far as future is concerned. I'm not I am not sold on Casey Middlestat. I'm not at no, all. Me neither. And that's I think he might be a trade piece. That, that's even even Thompson again. That kind of hypocritical to what I just said about him. But if somebody gives you the right price for him, fucking send him on his way. Pat him on his head and say, "See you." Speaking about Thompson, he did have a really nice offside one timer in Detroit. Uh, his first year, that was the only highlight of a season. That's but okay. I just wanted to bring that up. It is, a, it, is a, it is a Sabres v. Red Wings podcast. 66 so. and 66 all time. We can talk about highlights for days. Hey, I'm, just, I'm just saying. That's, that's we'll see what happens this year with the Battle of the Fucking Dumpster. What do you mean when we start playing again in January? Yep. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if that actually comes to. Yeah, who knows when we're going to be playing again. So you made, you made reference to it before uh, a little bit about coaching and or the lack thereof is Ralph Kruger the answer you know I've been trying to look into Ralph Kruger a little bit I I'm kind of I'm not totally sold on him but at the same time you got to look at what the players are saying at this point I mean you it's not only at the Sabres with the Sabres you look at anyone around the league you listen to any other type of hockey podcast they, there is nothing bad being said about Ralph Kruger, whether it be past or future. It doesn't matter. Like, Eichel is always open saying he is very open with us. He doesn't sugarcoat it. And at the same time, you got to think he's a great public speaker, too. Is there any time, I don't know if you're listening to when he's on giving any interviews or anything, he is just always, you know, it's about the team. I'm the coach of this team. I'm the leader. And that's what you want in a head coach. Yep. And that's what I really respect it as him being the head coach. At that same time, some of his coaching, either philosophies, decisions, I'm still a little scared about. I mean, there was a comment with Dominic Cahoon who came over who said when this kid was having a great game, he just forgot about him and he didn't play him at all in half of the third period. So something like that kind of worries me, but maybe it was a one-time thing. But I think this, that going forward, he is a coach that they can kind of build around because you want your coach to be that leader, and I think that's what he is. Right. So this this year was what? His second – first or second year? First year. First year. Yep. So it's difficult to say in general if he's the answer or not, judging a, a one-year tenure, so to speak. I will say that I have seen the articles, I have seen the interviews with him and Eichel, and how Eichel has 110% faith in Kruger. I agree with you that he makes a couple bonehead decisions and how you could possibly forget about a player that has two goals and two assists in a game at that current moment in time is fucking beyond me. But I think he is one of the main components. He, like you said, is a very good public speaker. He's no bullshit at all he doesn't again beat around the bush he doesn't sugarcoat shit and at this current moment in time especially if we're talking right now that is 100 what the buffalo sabers need um i i like it and i wish i was in your position as far as head coaching is concerned because jeff blaschel <laughs> is none of what i just expressed about ralph Kruger. so with that being said detroit this is a plea from a 27-year fan. I've been a fan since I popped out of the womb. We need new coaching. Jeff Blaschel and his cronies, I guess, are, are not the answer. He could hack it in the AHL. 
I think he has proven time in and time out that he cannot compete in the NHL as far as wittiness, as far as game plans, as far as any any sort of improvement is concerned. You know, the Illich family ownership, again, you don't need to be blind to, to see this. Again, I, I watch every fucking game, you know, to the best of my goddamn ability. And it's painful. It's painful as a Red Wings fan. So I'm going to take a page out of Buffalo Sabres books and just plead to ownership and plead to you, Stevie Y, my man. Make a fucking change. Start with your head coach and then work your way through players. Again, I rattled off my untradeables. Everyone else is disposable as far as I'm concerned. You need goaltending. You need defensemen. You have a couple young players, Philip Peronik, um, Patrick Nemeth. You know, you got your boys like Erickson and Trevor Daly, who are 38 and 36 years old, respectively. Which, okay, that's fine. Do not expect production out of them. But what you need to do is start transitioning them into a a mentor role and, and work these kids up and, and teach them the ways of the game, so to speak. Draft better. Again, you get the one, the one pick in the draft. If you do not, okay, buckle up. If, you're, you're about to get angry. I can feel it. If you do not take Alexi Lafreniere with the number one pick, if you so get it with the lottery – I'm going elsewhere. Again, I've elaborated previously about getting a Bills tattoo to uh, pledge my allegiance to the Bills Mafia. We've accepted you too. Which is great and much appreciated. I don't know if I'd jump ship to the Sabres. I would pick someone else, but, man. Yeah. See, it's, it's rough. Oh, my God. I can just see it now. They're going to pick some left winger that I've never fucking heard of. I'm just going to lose it. But – High hopes. High hopes for a living or whatever Panic at the Disco said. Anyway, that's my plea, Detroit. Take it or leave it. None of you are going to hear it, but it makes me feel way better when I'm drinking my claws and I'm talking shit to you guys in the microphone. Well, that's good. And I got one last thing to say here. I mean, we'll wrap it up with Jason Botterill. You made some good moves. Most of your moves were not so good. And I think, I mean, everyone's going to remember you for that trade, that Ryan O'Reilly trade. I mean, you got, you gave Ryan O'Reilly away for Saboka, Berglund, Thompson, a first and a second. And we're still trying to find a second line center. And I think we're going to be doing that for a long time. Maybe you can put a little music to this, like soothing music. Yeah, yeah that's, that's wonderful. I would love that. You can put that in there. And I'll, I'll close it out by saying, Kevin Adams, man, good luck. You've got a diehard fan base here who really just wants to see everyone succeed. It's been nine years since we've been to the playoffs, and you still got people showing up. But if you don't start making some moves, I can tell you right now, I mean, we're me and my father. Good, good little shout-out. Hashtag to, the general. Little shout What's out good? To the general. <laughs> We're not. I don't even know if we're going to games next year. So I, I'm telling Kevin Adams. I mean, you got 34 plus million to work with. Start making some changes on this roster. Don't be qualifying all your RFAs like Botterill did. Do something to give us fans something to cheer about, something to fill the stands, and something that keeps Jack Eichel here, please. Yeah, what Jimmy said. No. Um, okay, so before we both have fucking heart attacks, I think we'll leave it here. Um, as moves progress, and God knows as the Sabres continue to make astronomical fucking front office changes, and Detroit sits idly by and does absolutely fucking nothing, uh, we'll kind of stay tuned here, and you all stay tuned for a version two of this fucking episode as the season and whatnot progresses. Um with that being said, Jimmy, as always, my friend, it's good to fucking argue with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. All of you out there, uh, if you have any opinions on either one, uh, message me on my platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right here on Anchor. Jimmy, if you want to throw a, a handle or two in here. Yeah, feel free to slide into my Twitter DMs, jzeiger95. 
I'm waiting for it. Yep. If you guys got anything to add or disagree with, I know I'm ready and able to to dispute with you. And I'm pretty sure I can say the same for you, my man. Oh, I'm always ready. So, again, with that being said, everyone out there, stay safe, stay well. Um, can't wait to hear from you guys. Until next time, peace.